What the hell's the name of this thing? The Ballsy Podcast. Hosted by the award-winning Evan Grant. Before I come across the table and rip Barry's throat out. Kevin Sherrington. I'm going to say to you what you said to me a while ago. Shut up. Barry Horn. I'm going to bring milk and cookies next week. Get ready for the most listened to sports podcast in Dallas-Fort Worth. I'm Evan Grant, and this is Ballsy. I'm Kevin Sherrington, and in this episode, we'll be talking about the Rangers. And I'm Barry Horn. To hear our other exciting additions, simply subscribe to the Ballsy Podcast on iTunes. You know we're on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search Ballsy Podcast. That's Ballsy with a Z. So sit back, relax, that's relax with an X, and enjoy another edition of the Rangers Ballsy with a Z Podcast. I'm out of words for Barry's lines in the script. Well, I, I knew you'd be out of words because you gave me a list of the questions you wanted me to ask you. Now that we're t- you, Kevin, am I lying? No, you're not lying. He gave us a list. You this did. is my podcast. Here's the questions I want you guys let to me, ask me about the Texas Rangers. Let me. Here's did the you hear, yes or no? Let, no, no? Yes or let, no? No, no. That's yes not no. what happened. Here's what that's happened. Not what happened? No. Here is what happened. <laughs> you said. What should we talk about in the Rangers podcast? And I said, well, here are some things you could ask me. Oh, no. I, 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 just, I, I said, we're going to talk about the playoffs, aren't we? We're not going to talk you never, about the Oakland series. Yes, exactly what I said. Do we have tape? Do we have tape of what, what I said? No, Brian. Thanks, Brian. Brian's shaking his head. But, Kevin, you're, you'll be He's my witness. He's shaking his head the whole podcast. You'll, you'll, you'll be my witness on this. Yeah. E- this, this is Evan's podcast, and we're going to talk the Rangers. Let, let me ask an entirely well, let me, let me uns- slip out. Let me ask an entirely un- unscripted question. Evan, do you think the <laughs> Rangers should go with a three- or four-man rotation in the playoffs? That's the, the, thing, f- the thing is, Kevin— <laughs> That was unscripted. That is your normal talking. No, you is, told us, but that was the third question you, you told us sound, to ask. You, you talk, what people don't realize is that in real life you talk like one of the characters from Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Which one? I forget which one was uh, not John Turturro and not George Clooney, but the other guy. <laughs> That's what everybody refers to him as. Even on the set they referred to him. What other movies was he in? Uh, he was also in Holes. He has three he was, names, doesn't he? It, Tim, Bob. Yeah, it, uh, I can't remember his name. But, you know, he was in Holes. He was a bad guy in that. Barry, you have any idea what we're talking about? I have no idea. Is this a Coen Brothers uh, movie? Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not a big Coen. Oh, brother, where are I'm not, I, Even though you put a list of Coen Brothers, your favorite. Did you do that? Co, your favorite Coen Brothers movies in the paper? Top ten. I had no idea what you were talking about. Well, you know, here's the thing about it. You, you go to the Angelica all the time. I do. And you watch these movies, and I have to believe that it is your wife who is dragging you to these movies. Tim Blake Nelson. Barry does Tim not Blake. watch the movies. He sleeps he through sleeps them. He sleeps through them. I, I, I have seen Barry's act. It is what it, it is a combination of my mother and my father. <laughs> and my mother would go to the movies, and she couldn't hear a thing that was happening, and my father would sleep. And... <laughs> I asked them what movie they saw, and they... So they're hear no evil and see no evil. They would have no... no speak no evil. No recollection of what they saw. But the most important thing about all of that is Tim Blake Nelson was the guy from Oat Brother, Where Art Thou? Yeah, yeah. And what did he say about the treasure? Do not seek the treasure. See, this is Kevin's normal voice. (laughs) Also, what did he say about a what did he say about a three man versus a four man rotation? Yes, yeah, let's talk. Rangers. He said that uh, this is a, a very viable question because uh, to me, of course, we're assuming obviously we got you Darvish and Cole Hamels fronting the uh, the rotation for the playoffs. Other way around. 
Yes. By the way, you're going to go with Hamels first. It'll be Hamels first and Darvish second, which is interesting. And then it also means that the one that that in a five game series, Hamels, if you go with a three man rotation, would be the only guy pitching on short rest because Darvish pitches game two. You'd have an off day, game three, game four, another off day, and then game five. So, and that's interesting. Why Why has that decision been made then? They feel like that. They haven't made a, 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 but, that decision in any way. But we don't really care what they're what, – Evan, what do you think they should do? Yeah, why – you're you're saying, though, that Hamels is going to start. That means that he's the guy who would be getting the second start Correct. in a series. Why Hamels over Darvish? Um, I, a, I think that they feel that Cole is probably more suited for that. B, uh Certainly, he isn't coming off a of Tommy John surgery right, exactly. and the short rest. Um, and and I'm I'm going to guess that when they have conversations with these two guys, that Cole's going to express if they if they do get to that point, that Cole's going to express more um, uh, more willingness to do it than, than you is. I mean, you, you remember now that that you came up in a in a situation where he pitched once a week. He's now pitching once every fifth day. And and to go to once every to to pitch on on three days rest is really going to uh, mess with his his routine. But of course, he's coming off the, also as you mentioned the right. Tommy John exactly. But Evan, we want to know again. I'll say repeat the question. What do you think they should do? I'm really not a fan of of asking guys to do stuff that they haven't done in the regular season. And you know, Hamels has started once in his career on three days rest and. To, to be honest with you, he doesn't even recall that that particular start. Um, but you know, you look at the situation right now, and you feel okay about Martin Perez based on the last couple starts as your number three starter. I but, feel better about him if he was starting at home. But you get to you get to number four, and yeah, that is that is that is true. But he has pitched okay on the road in the last couple of starts on the road. You get to number four right now, and you've got. You've got three looks at Colby Lewis so far. You're going to get one more this weekend. He has not pitched six innings for you yet. He has um, yesterday. He didn't make it out of the second, and there were some, there were a couple of bloop hits. But he then walked the number nine hitter and gave up a ringing bases loaded double and a home run. After that, he's got one more start to try and and, and show the Rangers that hey, I've got it all together. And let's go back to the history here for one second. Colby was this team's innings pitch leader. Last year, he was their their wins leader. Last year, he was basically their most dependable starter for the bulk of the season. They got into a division series against Toronto, and even though you would think that a right-hander was the better matchup against Toronto, the Rangers elected not to start him uh, in that series. And it's a revisionist history here. I have to say that was a mistake. I think it was, and I think the Rangers maybe overthought themselves a little bit. But yeah. Colby had a bad start against Toronto, and they thought that that Holland was a better way to go. I think you know if they if they were to revisit that this year, and they saw that Holland's awful start against Toronto last year, they saw him pitch poorly against Toronto this year. They've now moved Derek to the bullpen as a potential playoff look. I think that if it came down to that, certainly it's, it's Colby. But right now, your choices are: do you go Colby? Do you go AJ Griffin? Or do you go with a three-man rotation? You know, I, I felt all along it was going to be Colby uh, because he, he came back and, and he, he was pitching so well before he went on the DL this year. Uh, but, boy, against Oakland, you just had your two aces uh, just were lights out against the A's, right? And, and uh, 13 shutout innings. 13 shutout innings. You couldn't have asked for more. They really went a long way toward making you feel like, okay, now these guys are getting ready here. Right. They've got everything in order for the playoffs. And then to have Colby follow that up 
with that kind of performance uh, just doesn't make you feel good about it. I, I really do feel like now um, he has one more start, uh, and, and maybe he can get this thing straightened out. But in that one start, if he doesn't, I, you kind of you kind of know what you're getting with AJ Griffin. Yeah. You, you know that he's going to give you. I I don't really think AJ Griffin is an option. I think know, it real. I, I think the options here are Colby or three man is, well, is that, where you. I go. think that's and you're ruling Perez out. No, no, Perez is the number three. Perez would be the number oh, three. Sorry. Yeah. Way to, way to pay attention. You know, if you were looking through the newspaper. I, I was thanking Tim Brando for it, being with oh us because we had a gosh. guest. Barry, on, on what, the what words did you find? Yeah, he's playing with words with friends. No, 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 no. No, in the word search. I was thanking Tim Brando for being on our college football podcast. You couldn't wait to do that? No. Pay because, attention? No, I'm sorry. I apologize. Uh, it's should. all right. It's okay. It's okay. You know why? Because I'm not going to let anything make me upset today. Because I just I'm that kind of guy. He's your mellow kind of guy. But here, going back to the point, I, I don't think you know just because of what you said. I I believe in that 100. percent Don't ask guys to do too much. I mean, you, you're going to alter things a little bit in the playoffs. There's no question about that. And just like last year in the playoffs, the bullpen bullpen got all turned around from what it had been before. Well, and and this I think this is another point we're talking about is is the bullpen and the shape of the bullpen going in. But but to, to go ahead and finish your point about but, the starting but, rotation. But the point is to me. Uh, is that if if I'm going to that fourth game, that fourth start, Griffin to me is a guy who's going to give me four pretty good innings. You know, maybe maybe five. I'm, I think I'm if Kobe does not turn it around in his next start, I, I think I'd just soon do that and then just have the bullpen on on call. I think you're going to have the bullpen on call either way, and I think that's yeah. why I think that's particularly why Derek Holland goes out there. And you look at I, and that's why I thought you had that opportunity in Houston. A week ago, or t- two weeks ago, to take a look at Griffin go through the lineup twice, and then turn the ball over to Derek when Derek was out there. Uh, AJ was effective that game, and they went longer with AJ. Right. Um, but I think you're if if you get to the postseason, you're looking for no more than five innings out of AJ Griffin if he were to be in your rotation. Yeah. I, I I just I think where where the Rangers will the decisions they've got to make are a. Colby's got a good postseason track record. Sure. This is a guy who has been as tough as, as anybody they've had when it comes to pitching in the postseason. How much stock do you put into that track record? B, yesterday, I will also say this, that there were two those two bloopers that fell in. You know, you didn't have your regular right fielder out there. You didn't have your regular shortstop out there. Could Would those guys have made that play? And certainly I think they would have made that play if it had not been a high sky type day in Oakland as it was. Um, so you factor some of that stuff in. But I still don't know that after three starts that I'm convinced that Colby is 100%. This whole And, and the Rangers have admitted that his rehab has been uh, accelerated anyway. So um, this next start, you know, whether, whether, whether playoff position seating or anything depends on it, it's important for Colby Lewis. Absolutely. And I think what disturbs me more, and, and it always does in any game. Is Barry returning the pages? Yeah, that, that. Besides that, the fact that you're walking the ninth place hitter. You know, uh, the thing about Colby that makes him so good now, he's just much like Jared Weaver. They become the same type of pitcher. You know, they're, they're, they're fastballs. I mean, he throws harder than Weaver. Does. He's a dominant fastball <laughs> compared to Weaver. <laughs> compared to Weaver, nobody throws a, a, a softer fastball than he does. But just their location is so good. That's what they live on. If Colby does not have his location, then he's got nothing. 
you know, nothing. And and so that's that's the danger there. When you're that's that's why scouts love guys who throw ninety eight miles an hour because you don't have to be perfect. You know, if if you're off a little bit, it's okay. You're going to blow it by some of these guys. When you're throwing stuff up there like Colby is, like Jared Weaver is, you got to be perfect all the time. And and if he does not have that, if he's not comfortable with his location, then it can get ugly really fast. That's true. And um, uh, he is a guy that is, if he, if he's got the slider in play, he can make some guys miss. And and the one thing that the Rangers did feel like was that yesterday, he did have a decent slider, and the contact wasn't hard again until that double and home run. But you've got to be able to get out of the inning. Are yeah. there extenuating circumstances? Yeah, even the ninth place hitter. Matt Olson, who's a rookie who hadn't had a big league hit at that point in time, he's a guy with a pretty good eye at the plate. He's got good numbers in the minor leagues in term in terms of plate discipline. But I'm I'm I think this is a real conversation that the Rangers will have this week. Is are we better served with three starters, an eight man bullpen, and a five man bench, or do you go four starters, an eight man bullpen, and a four man bench? And that brings a whole other a whole other dynamic into play because you don't know right now if you're going to have if how confident you'd be in Sinchu Chu to take into the playoffs. If you take Chu as one of your outfielders, and you've got Beltron, and you've got an infielder in Jerks and Profar, and you've got uh, a backup catcher, that's your four man bench with a four man rotation. You have no pinch runner. Right. You have nobody to run for. For Beltre or Mazzara or a catcher, you, you that's an issue. You know, I think they'd prefer to have a five-man bench and be able to use a DeShields or Jared Hoying or somebody like that off the bench. Well, I think to me, that, and that's one of the things that makes this club so much more ready for the postseason, certainly a long postseason run, is the fact that its bench is much better. I, I don't think there's any comparison between this bench and what its it could bench be. has the components, but they've got some choices to make Absolutely. now. Absolutely. And, and right. I, I think that, you know, there's no guarantees that since you chew – suits up with this team in the first round of the playoffs. I, I don't think that's a guarantee yet. You know, and that's an interesting thing with to me about him is that you would think normally for a guy to be out as long as he's been out, to think that now he's going to come back and be ready for the playoffs, and now you're going to put him at the top of the lineup. You'd say no chance. But doesn't usually. he have a history of coming back off? This season he's, he's played very coming well. Coming back off injury. and he, A guy who's got a good, a, a good eye, a guy who's got good strike zone command, um, He's going to put himself, A, into hitter's counts, and B, he's going to be a weapon even with the walk. But it, 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 it's a long time. He hasn't well, somebody, played in over a month. And somebody loses in this deal. You know, right. if you put, you can't put him at DH because you got Beltron, and right. he's been terrific in that role. I would, there's no way I'd put him at DH. Well, and, and, and Gomez has been a, a, a viable option in the leadoff spot. He's a better defender than Chu. He runs better, better than Chu. So, so, so that's the that's the thing here. You lose something. It's it's a little bit like you got a little too much depth here. You got you got well, you got too much going on here. What are we? Where are we going to put all these pieces? The only th- where where it certainly would make sense is, look, if you've got a right-handed pitcher going against you that day, you start Chu. And then you can bring Gomez for in, in for defense in you know after two at bats, and you have his speed, and you've got the speed. And, and, you know, and, and look, even though Gomez has, has played really well in this role, there's no guarantee. I mean, if you're going over track records, 
you know, Chu has a much longer track record of being an excellent player. Yeah. And and uh, certainly with his approaches to play, that's more what you want at the top of the line. But I think it's really admirable what Carlos Gomez has done to not be so crazy at the plate, not take such wild hacks. And he's going up there, and he's still striking out too much, but he's not striking out as much as he was before. Right. And he certainly brings that power element and, and the speed. So right. it, he's, he's been terrific in that role. Barry, do you have a question that I, I wanted you to ask? I me? do. I'm going. I'm going down the list. So now, uh-uh. now that we've talked about the ro- who would you like to see this roster play against in the, in the first round, Evan? Could you ask that a little bit more awkwardly, <laughs> Evan? <laughs> you wrote it down for me. Who would you like this roster play against? How about just saying team? Who would you like to see the Rangers face in the first round? Is that your question? <laughs> well, well, if that's how you wanted me to ask the question, that's how you should have phrased it before. Uh, I'll go back to the theme of the day, which is woulda versus shoulda. And uh, I think what's going to end up happening is the Rangers are going to face the Cleveland Indians. And to be perfectly honest, that's probably as good a first-round matchup as as I'd take right now. Cleveland's missing two starting pitchers. Uh, And the Rangers have really handled Cleveland this year. The Rangers are 5-2 and against Cleveland this year. I don't want to play Boston, and I think Boston is going to end up with home field advantage. They are playing exceptionally well right now. Oh, no, wait a minute. You ran right over something there. You think that the, that the Red Sox are going to have home field advantage? That's the, a different question Evan gave us. The, oh, okay. The, the Rangers in Boston are tied right now, and, and I just think that I, I, I will not be surprised if Boston plays a game better than the Rangers this week. Yeah. That's a big loss. It is a big loss, but if, if, if everything holds as it is, Okay, you're looking at having to face a wild card winner between Toronto and Baltimore. I believe that will be Toronto. I don't want to face Toronto in the first round. Really? I don't want to go. I don't want to go for two games to uh, to Rogers Center. Uh, and if I'm the Rangers in particular, I don't want the uh, the a- the aspect of the drama of emotion and drama. And I don't want to get hit by a beer and all that other stuff. Well, we've got an overhang and we'll be fine. Um, but yeah, I, I still think that that seventh inning changed, um, and that those errors were in part caused by the fan reaction during the, uh, yeah, I think there's something to that. during, a, after the throw that hit off the bat and allowed the, the go ahead run to score. Um, I, I, I don't know that I would want to play Toronto in, in, in the, in the first round if I could avoid it. I think that's a big problem, but I tell you what. I'd rather have Toronto and Boston slug it out, especially after they play this week, too. Well, true, but I'm telling you what. uh, Everybody talks about the Rangers' home field advantage, which is pronounced, uh, certainly. But, boy, you know, Mookie Betts is pretty good. You know, at Fenway Park, and that's and that's the issue for me at that place. It's a lot like the Astros. You know, at, at Minute Maid uh, is that they uh, that, that short porch in left field. Those guys just they just it just juices them up. Well, go, the yeah, go, go into Fenway at any point. You know, and I, and I I do believe that the ALCS is going to end up being the Rangers versus Boston. Um, going to Fenway Park at any point is going to be difficult. Right. Uh, I'd much rather take my chances at having to do that in the second round than the first round. The, the the issue there is if you do it in the in the LCS and you and and the Red Sox win home field advantage, you're going to have to win a game in Fenway. Right. You're going to have to win a game there. So that's going to be difficult. Uh and especially uh but this is you know, if you want to if if you want to battle a guy like Ortiz if if Ortiz is a big concern for you, you do have left-handed starters and you do have left-handed options. So 
But what is the goal this season? What is the what is where are the Rangers going? Usually, the goal is to win the World Series. Okay, so that's the goal. So does it? If you have to get get to the World Series, does does it matter who you play in the ALDS or the ALCS? You have to win both series. Correct. But okay. you know, here here's the deal: if by some chance you end up playing Baltimore in the ALDS and Toronto and Boston slug it out, one of those two teams knocks it knocks the other out. Yeah, those are the two. Those are the two biggies. Didn't didn't I see Jerry Fraley do a piece on this? And he, didn't he have Toronto as the team he wanted to see the Rangers play? Yes, I would like to refer to you, by the way, back to the refer preseason. To you or refer me to refer you to to our preseason predictions of who would do what during this regular season. And I believe I picked Boston to win the East, Cleveland to win the Central, the Rangers to win the West. I picked Toronto and Houston, and the Astros are going to screw me from being perfect, but. I picked. I will have picked four of the five playoff teams correctly, so Fraley can take that and wow, jump off don't, the building. Don't. Oh, he's going to come after you now. He always comes after you. Know, you sound like Tim Callishaw talking about what your preseason picks. Oh, Ke- oh, Kevin, you would never remind us on so- on something you wrote. I, here's why I won't remind you. No, well, I, I, what I, I write, what would I pick? I can't really even remember what I picked. I, 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 did started. I read something from you the other day, or so, at some point? Actually, I actually read it in the paper because I'm old. Uh, they, they said, as I told John Daniels, he had to go out and get Cole Hamels. No, no, the reason I brought that up oh. is because it, it looked like I was saying that, that that was a bad trade. Because now Alfaro got the you know minor league catcher of the year so, from Baseball America. So the minor league. Three guys in the rotation. Well, there's three guys in the rotation. No, but he's, he's answering all the Would, questions. Do you want those three guys in the Rangers rotation right now instead of Hamels? Not, not okay. three of them. I might take one of them. Instead of Hamels? No. Okay. No, but I mean, no, no, I didn't say that about the point I was going to make. I didn't want anybody saying, hey, you were the guy who said how long they should trade for Hamels. They should have traded for Hamels. They should have. You just wanted to remind everybody. The price keeps going up on that trade. That's the deal. Oh, no. I, I said this at that, to, to quote myself, <laughs> I said this at that point in time. The Rangers had, had paid a high price for Cole Hamels, and the Phillies, it was a win-win deal for both teams. The Rangers are going to be— That's a Teixeira trade for them. Uh, it, it was— but the difference between the Teixeira trade and this trade is the Rangers won a division title last year. They're back. In, they've won a division title this year. They've, they've got a very promising outlook for pitching next year. They they knew they were giving up a, a high price. They also thought that their window would be extended this way and that they would be able to restock the farm system. I do think that the one mistake in this is I think they could have given up Chichi Gonzalez as opposed to Jake Thompson in that deal. I would like to have Jake Thompson. Ugh, no kidding. I'd take any of those three guys over Chi-Chi. Right now I would, but I, I, yeah. I, I also would like to think that that they will be able to they, they will be able to quote unquote fix Chi Chi. I just still think that Jake Thompson's got a higher ceiling than Chi Chi does. I mean I have seen in, in print, I believe it was uh uh our uh, our pal, Mr. Law, uh wrote that um that that was the Herschel Walker deal of baseball. The Herschel Walker deal of baseball. Yeah, I know. Well, it might be. Who knows? I mean, you know, you know, with the Phillies. I mean, the Phillies needed this. The, but the, the, uh, let me ask you to, to go back to the Herschel Walker deal. Yeah. The Cowboys got nothing out of the Herschel Walker. Oh, aspect. Cowboys got a. Tr- the Cowboys got a tr- they got draft picks up the wazoo. Out no, of no, that no. Trip. I mean, the, the the Vikings got nothing out oh, of that side like, of it. Well, no, Herschel was a good player. He was a good. Player what it, to what? Level did he take the Vikings? Well, no, but, no I, I see what you're saying. Right. This, he, he it's was, the same thing to share a deal. To share did nothing for the Braves. Right. It's, right. it's not know? a lopsided deal right. if both teams no, no, experience that's success. That's absolutely and, right. And Keith Law is always going to value the future over the present, which is, to me, it's. it's 
That's what he does for a living. It's just asinine. But, you know, you winning a world championship is your goal. Right. Not having a collection of talent. This was the Astros' mistake at the deadline this year. This is a, this is a, a, a mistake I think that so many in this generation make that they are not willing to pay the price to to acquire talent. I think where the Rangers have kind of been a little bit more innovative than some teams is they're willing to pay the price, but they're not doing it for rentals. Right. You know, Carlos Beltran was the exception of the rule, but the guys they've acquired over the last two years, they have all been controllable past past their their year that they were acquired. Remind us of what Cole Hamill's contract is. Through 19, I think. He's through is it that long? 2019, yeah. No, I thought he was just a, I thought it was just through next year with an option. Uh no, I think it's through 19 with an option for 20. Let me double check. That's pretty remarkable. He's and, been pretty and, good. But, but uh, and not not only that, then wouldn't you have to consider what is Darvish's future if Darvish leaves? No, no, no that was that was the whole reason why I was pushing for the trade was that oh. because Darvish because <laughs> Hamels was a long-term right and option as an ace. Right. And that, look, that's the thing. In those three pitchers that, that the through that are, seventeen through eighteen with an option for nineteen. Okay, but my my point is even 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 Keith Law said about Jake Thompson, who was his favorite of those three pitchers that they gave up, was that he sees him as a three. Right. Well, he's a three. The Rangers were full of threes right, and fours. Right. That what they needed was a one. And that's to, to go back to a topic we discussed last week on this on this podcast. Is we're sitting here talking about who do the Rangers start three and four in the right. playoffs. Absolutely. In every playoff before last year, you know, you were talking about right. who do the Rangers start one and two. wasn't a question about three and four. Right. It was one and two. Right. They've got a one and two. Yeah. Did Hamels and Darvish struggle a little bit the last month? Yeah, but they've got a one two. Uh, Barry's doing some shadow boxing. Well, right. uh, this is a one two, right and a left. What's next on my list? Um. Well, we talked about Chu. We talked about the rotation. We talked about the first. Home field advantage. Do, have we talked about that? We you know, did. and <clears throat> we did. I ran we this, did, so we're done. We, Evan. we did. I talked about this with some of the Rangers folks the other day, and and uh, just kind of bannering it around. And then I asked Jeff Bannister. I said, "Look, if you if bannering you, around with Bannister, if you've got Banny. to prioritize Banny. one over the other, getting your pitching staff in the best possible alignment that you could, and and that goes for the bullpen as well." Or home field advantage, which one do you prioritize? And he said we'd still prioritize home field advantage. As he should. It, it, and, and that is that is important. But he's also not going to pitch guys the way he did last year in the final week of the season. And I think that you saw that the work that Sean Tollison and Sam Dyson did, both pitching five consecutive days because the Rangers needed those wins to win the division, regardless of home field or anything like that, I think that took a toll on them going into the postseason. I found I found another question you wanted. Wait a minute before we go okay. to another question. Okay, let me ask one of my. And so own. And so this week, you know, I don't think that I, I think the only guy who, and, and I don't think he will either. I don't think Tanner Shepherds will work back to back. I don't think guys will work back to back out of the bullpen. I think the bullpen will be much more well rested, and I think that as much of an asset as the bullpen was in the last two week in the last two months of the regular season last year. I think it will go in more well-rested and maybe more prepared and a little bit more tested because all those guys last year were really going through it for the first time. Deakman and Dyson have now been through it. Has has it, has it been a little bit up and down for both those guys? Yeah, it has. But I think they're a little bit more tested, a little bit more um, ready to perform in these well, situations. You have to believe that because if you don't believe that or, or if you don't think that, 
they might as they might as well and, and not even get into the post. The bullpen has got to produce. Agreed? Well, everybody's bullpen has got to no, produce but, in the postseason. But, but, but at, at a superior level than, than here's you know, the thing I would want to know is or the two things that observations. One, the fact that Tanner Shepherds has come back and pitched so well, I mean, except for the one time he went out and he got too much work. No, no, the, the point is is that you watch his pitches. You know, his, his pitches had such a great natural movement on him. And, he, and before he was tinkering so much and, and he, was, he was finessing so much and going on the, on, on the edges with it, which is ridiculous. When you throw as hard as he does and have as no, much natural movement on the ball as he is, you just, you just throw. And I think he looks much tougher mentally – and, and and then of course he, his stuff looks tremendous. He, look, you can't underestimate the impact that being moved to the rotation, that injury in fourteen, the injuries you know this year, all of that had an impact. Okay, had a significant impact. With Shepers, he's always had movement, but he hasn't changed planes. And so he's not changed the batter's eye level. I think he's doing a little bit better job of that uh, in the short sample that we've seen this year. That he's elevating when he needs to, and he's able to go down with the with the sinker a little bit. That makes a big difference. Barry, is that too much jargon for you? No, but but he doesn't like that. He thinks it means nothing how Tanner Shepherds is pitching right now. Well, no, because you said Tanner Shepherds had. It looked great, except, and it, and it seems to me that when well, we no, talk, that except was that a, one outing. No, no, but this was a third. It was a third day. Was it a third day? No, he didn't pitch three no. straight. No. Two days. I think it was his first um, back-to-back. You, so. got, you guys talk about the, the the Ranger staff sometimes, the pitching staff, like like that you were kids, and, you, and there's oh, there's an excuse. There's like, he, you know, he looks good, but. In other words, in this particular and, and, case, and, and, he had just in the back. I, I, I watched this team out of the bullpen. Barry, let me just let me just educate you on this. Relievers are relievers for a reason because they weren't able to handle being starters. They all have imperfections. Zach Britton this year is the one exception to that rule. All these guys have imperfections. And when you pitch 60 times in a season, you're going to have some ups and some downs. Now, like what I Mariano will... Rivera had, right? Okay, yeah, let's 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 this is the let's, greatest uh, reliever okay, of all time. But... Let's evaluate guys to Ma- Mariano Rivera. The the thing here is you're going into the postseason with fresher arms. Tanner Shepard's arm is fresh. It's Look, it's May fresh. I hope you're right. Uh, when I... you're you know, you're he's hitting he's he's 96, 97 and and I think he's been up to 98. Yeah, yes. When when you're at that level it in at this stage of the game, you do also have the opportunity to occasionally overwhelm even good hitters. Well, here's here's the point, Barry, is that that Tanner Shepherds had not been available all season, Understand and so that. now you're running out of gas at the end of the year with your bullpen, right? Just remember you... last year what Keone Kella went through and and the workload okay. he went through, and how gassed and how hurt he was going into the playoffs. And this year, those those guys are fresher. Even yeah, Tony Barnett who worked very hard for a rookie and who changed his role from a one-inning guy to more of a multi-inning guy, this is a guy who's had, who will have had three weeks off going in. I, I, think I hope you're right, Kevin. Let me just let me just. Well, say I'm not saying he's going to come in and he's going to be the closer. I'm saying he's a guy who can, you can bring in the seventh inning now. The, the, this was, you, know, you but, have the ability to mix and match. You've got a lot of – especially if you bring Holland in there, you've got a number of left-handed options and right-handed options – you have an, a, a lot of ways to navigate those last three innings, 
and the playoff schedule is set up that you never have to worry about pitching a guy three straight days. Plus the well, the, you do in a you know potentially in a seven game series. Is it, but the point too is about Shepherds was it, it's not like it's the first you know he was a he was a terrific setup guy before he got hurt. You know, he terrific was a, setup guy in thirteen. Yes, so so I mean, this is a guy who has a track record of being an effective reliever before, and he has good stuff. Thirteen, fourteen. He's been 13, hurt. 13. The the point is, is that when he's come back and pitched, he's pitched, he's pitched well. I don't, I don't understand why you don't, you don't see the fact that he's pitched well. That doesn't mean anything to you. you why know, does it not mean anything? Because every, because because listening to you guys talk about the Rangers, we're bullpen, talking about his talk. Uh, uh, no, no, you guys, say, you guys talk about say, the Rangers bullpen. There's always, it's always very. He's, he's looked great. Everybody well, has problems with their bullpen at the end of the year. Everybody does right, we'll because see. guys are burned out by the end of the year. The Royals year. won the World Series last year because their bullpen was lights out. Right. Um, I think, I think the Rangers have. I hope fresh arms to have a lights out bullpen. Do those guys have some flaws in their track record this year? Yeah, they do. But I think this team has. I would wager that as good as the bullpen was last year for this team. This bullpen is going to go into the playoffs in better shape than it did a year yeah, that's ago. That's what I'm saying. I say the same but, thing. Which, Not, th- which, doesn't, which doesn't dictate they'll have better results. Barry, it's the playoffs, man. It's hard to win. There's no guarantees about any of this stuff. Why do you uh, Why do you say it'll be better results? I'm not blaming what happened on the bullpen. Uh, you know, the Rangers have 92 wins right now. Boston has 92 wins. Cleveland has 90 wins. You go into the playoffs, you're playing other good teams. Or, of course. Well, so there are no guarantees. You can't sit there and say they are a level above everybody. Well, I don't understand what you're what you're saying about the bullpen, though. What is your point, by God? My, my, po- my point is when you guys talk about the bullpen all the time. Why do you keep saying that? You, you guys, guys keep talking about because it because you guys. Why don't you I just say from what Emmett it is? About, what are you? What's the you're media? Saying? You guys are the media. What are you saying about the bullpen? I don't understand. I'm saying I don't have this the same faith. Well, I, no one here is saying we're having faith. Oh, in you don't the have bullpen. any faith in the Ranger bullpen. I'm not saying that we don't have no faith. We have we we believe they have better options. Okay, I'm not saying it's a perfect bullpen. Now I will say that this about uh, Sam Dyson. Now he has never been what he was last year after they got him back with the sinker, which he was just unhittable. I think there has been, and I if you want to get into the psychology of baseball, and I don't know that Sam would ever acknowledge this, but I think that the that the Bautista home run last year certainly had an impact on him, and I think he's dealt with not exactly the same conviction in the sinker that he had last year. Yeah, he doesn't throw it as much. Um, has he made? I think he's made progress on that in the second half. I think he's, 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 he's throwing it more often, and I think the fact that he, you know, he, I talked to him the other day about how he, how he feels at this point in time compared to where he was last year, and he says he does feel a little bit fresher. He feels like he's getting... Regular routine work, but he's also not having to. He had uh, seven. I think it was either six or seven back to back, six six or seven outings that were without rest. Right last last September, I think he's had two this year. Uh, there, that's a big difference. And it's know, a different. Nah, but I'll say this: he's he's still he, he's pretty much. And I, and I wrote this the other day. I'd rather have him than have Niftali Feliz, but uh, but. He's having Neftali Feliz kind of performances. He's coming in. He's giving up a hit. He's giving up a walk. He's putting guys on. He's 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 making it an adventure when he comes in the games. Whereas when he was really good last year, he right. just came in and blew everybody away. A- absolutely. And and you know you're also talking about you're talking about a difference in roles. Um, 
you're talking. Yeah, that's true. Uh, you're talking about a guy who has had a heavier workload from the start of the year than than he did last year, and and I wonder how much that's affecting him. You know, I, I don't. You know, I was talking to a friend of mine who's a who has a lot of baseball background, and he said he I, he said, I think that the guy just is just worn out. I think he's he's pitched more than he ever has, and so that's affecting the sinker, and it's not as effective as it has been before. And he think that's that's just. You think that's about ninety percent of the issue? I, I I think that I think there has been at at times this year there's been that that question of of how confident he is in the sinker and does he need to have other pitches or maybe he just had one. I mean, the, if you go back in his history, le, last year last season was the outlier, correct? Except that, ex, well. Well, here was the thing. Except that, except that you know, and I know bullpen ERA doesn't mean that much. But his bullpen ERA, his, his his ERA this year is better than it was last year. His his walks, hits, and innings pitched this year is about one tenth of a of a of a base runner higher than it was last year. You look at his body of work this year, and it's pretty similar. I just hope you I hope you guys are right. Uh, I, wait, I, you keep saying nope. you hope you guys are right. I'm not saying that this is, oh, my gosh, this is the Royals' bullpen of last year. It's not the Royals' bullpen of last year. I, I, I think that there are some pieces that have been added to it. It makes it better. Shepard's emergence, be able to come back. The fact that Kellis come back. The fact that, that Derek Holland is now available as a long guy. That uh, Barnett has, you know, this oblique could, could end up being a blessing in disguise because this was a guy who worked really hard, and now he's had three weeks to, to pretty much – Rest that body, um, yeah. and I think those are all fact. They've, they've got a lot. Mention Matt Bush now too. Well, I love Matt Bush. I love. I know he's terrific. Uh, he he he's been everything they could have possibly hoped. That that's the thing about this season to me that it's been so remarkable. I and mean, we when we talked last week about all the pieces that that uh, John Daniels added at the trade deadline and and since the trade deadline, and then you you forget about Matt Bush. I mean, where was he when the season started? You know, so so you know, you, it's remarkable all of the pieces that have been added. That was you look at Friday night when they clinched and they started their after being no hit for the first six innings. First base runner is Carlos Gomez, acquired off of a release in the last month on an infield single, followed by Ian Desmond singling through the right side, a guy who was not with the team at the start of spring training, followed by Carlos Beltran. Um, bouncing a ball to the right side for to score the run. The guy was acquired on on August first, and then Beltre hit the home run. And it's you know look at all those guys that that were not with this team that made that made contributions on the pitching side. You had Hamels who was acquired specifically for this, followed by Bush, you know in in the eighth inning. So all these guys that they've acquired in different ways have come in and played roles. And contributed and contributed in big situations. Absolutely, and that and that's not only that that they got these guys, but that they knew what to do with them when they got them. You know, like like the Carlos Gomez and like Ian Desmond. Desmond. I I give both those guys all the credit in the world for being amenable to saying, "Hey, we want to work with you on this." Correct. You know, and they're working really hard at it. But that you get these guys divided. These are not rookies. These are not guys that are twenty one, twenty two years old. These are veterans have been around for a long time, had a lot of success. It is really difficult to get veterans to buy into something, to make them to do something different. And when you you look at you look at Beltran and Beltran, two guys you know who are both going to go in the Hall of Fame, who are both lacking a World Series ring, and I think they know exactly what 
it takes to win a World Series on that side. You've got some veterans like Lou Croy, Desmond, and Gomez. And by the way, is it Lou Croy or LaCroix? You've asked me that a million times. It's Lou Croy. Lou Croy. Woo, boy. Evan worked in Louisiana. He, he would know. Is he Cajun? No. no. He's from Florida. He married a Cajun. He married a Cajun. Is that the deal? Well, he went to you know he went to University of Louisiana Lafayette, which we used to call southeastern or southwestern South- Louisiana. Yeah, and uh, they married, were the raging Cajuns. They are the raging Cajuns. Yeah, and uh, he married a woman that he met in school there, and he lives in Lafayette. And I think that makes you a Cajun. Oh, he, you know, he doesn't yet talk like a Cajun, um, but I, I think he's very comfortable in that community, and I. I've only spent I've spent very little time in Lafayette and did did when I was working in Shreveport for for several football games and a basketball tournament whatever and it's it's a cool little community down there it really is he looks like a Cajun what does that mean what does that mean I'm just saying he looks like a Cajun because he got a beard yeah, you know he kind of looks like a guy everybody's like Duck Dynasty for you <laughs> yeah, do a I a little bit like that do I have to play traffic cop here again what are you gonna do. Bring I, everything to a screeching halt. I, I think it's time to bring everything to a screeching halt. We've we've been on thirty four minutes. He's been trying since the pretty Kevin much since had, the whole thing started to bring it to a Ke- screeching Ke- halt. Ke- Kevin has places to go. Yeah, I got to do the Fox Show today. He has to do the Fox Show. Who are you doing with? You know, I don't know. Brandon George, I know that. And I don't know. Who, I don't know who the host is. Whether and, it's the lovely Rick Renner or the lovely Aaron Hardigan. And and you'll probably we did, I did the Fox Show last week. It was Cowboys, Cowboys, Cowboys. 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 You know, you'd like to think they would work a little bit of the Rangers in there. Cowboys, Cowboys. Not with the Cowboys at two and one. I mean, uh, the, they were one and one. one. They were one and one last week, and now they're two. And yeah, one. but the Rangers, you know, they're two and one now, and all the Rangers have done in the last week is win a division championship. So it's clearly going to be all Cowboys. And I've heard, I've heard two different Rangers say maybe we could steal some uh, Cowboys fans. Yeah, I never heard that before. They're cognizant. They're very cognizant of it. They they want they want to get this. Uh, they want to get that Rangers bandwagon rolling. I bit. I think they would like to. Um, the the bandwagon will build. Trust me. For the Rangers, I, I, I don't think the bandwagon will build in the uh, first round. No the division. Yeah, I, I I I do worry to some extent. I think they'll have a good crowd, and I think I, oh. I, I, I think it'll be a sellout. But Kevin, can you help you get some tickets? I, I've been meaning to ask you. I do think that. Can you? <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Um. I do worry that fans take these things, start to take these things for granted, yeah, or or don't put enough stock. The division series, it's no guarantee they win no. a division series. But they'll be, right. but but no, the fandom of this area will not be excited during the division series. I'm not pre- until they win it. Be, be prepared, be, unless yeah. it's Toronto. Oh, so. If it's Toronto, this will be a different story. Yeah, maybe that's what should happen then. You know, I mean, it, it will be, it'll be. An interesting scene if it's Toronto. I think the bigger concern is what happens when you go to Toronto. And and the other thing for, for me about playing Toronto is don't want to be on that turf. especially you for your older guys? Especially with Beltre and, and, and with Beltron. Don't want to be on that turf. You know, Beltron, Beltron won't play the outfield there for sure, but uh, I, it's it's not a good turf. You know, no. it, it's not. and. Beltre didn't hurt his back because of the turf last year, but I can't help but think that it also um, wasn't a real. Let me ask you this: Is he as healthy going into the postseason as he's been? Here? Yeah, I, I think he is. Seems um, like it. You know, when I asked him at the, I asked him in late August, 
uh, as we were getting ready for September. And Barry, do you want to share? Kevin said he had to be someplace at 1230. It is 1226. I'm They'll just, wait for him. They'll oh, wait. my gosh. Is that right? <laughs> See? Oh, you're right. I gotta get oh, you, going. You know, do you know All how much of my life I've spent waiting for Kevin Sherrington? All right. Well, we'll wrap this up. Uh, I Evan, will... I just want to say something before we go. I kid you a lot during the podcast, and I, I don't. Goodbye, know, Kevin. I don't. I don't know if we have any listeners. Left, Kevin's but left. I really respect y- your opinion on on the Rangers, but I don't know if there's anybody left listening at this point. Oh, there's people listening. Okay. My mother, she can't hear, but she's listening. Well, I know Becca Pizer, who's a, who's a friend of uh, of mine, who lives in New York. She listens and hangs on your every word on this podcast. Hi, Becca. You've made her day. I hope she listens to this point. She will. Who Who is Becca Pizer? She's the daughter of a friend. She's a rabid Ranger fan who lives in New York and lives. She's a rabbi? Rabid Ranger oh. fan who lives in New York and lives to hear you on this podcast. Well, I'm glad she got a chance to hear me. So it was great. Thanks for being here. So Ke- shut up so she can hear me a little bit more. <laughs> That's this, this is your dream. Now, Kevin is gone. I, he, he literally walked out of the studio. Because- so... He he won't get a chance to say goodbye. You know what? You won't either. Yes. You know why? why? Because Brian's going to take us out right now. Thanks for listening to the Rangers Ballsy Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe via iTunes. You'll get new episodes every week. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, sports fans, see ya.